أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين And welcome to the Scale of Wisdom podcast brought to you by the Batul Foundation. In this episode we are going to speak about spying, التجسس. Islam discourages every kind of ethical flaw. And as such, when somebody gets themselves into an attitude of wanting to seek out other people's flaws and spying on them in order to expose those flaws without any justifiable reason, then Islam of course discourages this kind of behavior. A person shouldn't be getting into the business of other people and looking for the problems in their life or looking for their slips and mistakes. Even if that's not to expose it to other people, that kind of mental state where a person is always looking at other people, is suspicious of them, and wants to look into their affairs, is discouraged in Islam. Rather, a person should be more concerned with their own flaws and problems, and should try and rectify themselves. So in Mizan al-Hikmah, the first subsection on the section on spying, speaks about the prohibition of following up people's flaws. In the Holy Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Avoid much suspicion. Indeed, some suspicions are sins. And do not spy on or backbite one another. Will any of you love to eat the flesh of his dead brother? You would hate it. And be wary of Allah. Indeed, Allah is all clement, all merciful. So here in the Holy Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala advises the believers to stay away from suspicion in the majority of cases. And that in some cases that suspicion itself can be a type of sin. Rather, a believer should think the best of other believers in most situations. And at the same time, they shouldn't backbite each other. Because that again causes the status of the person being backbited to fall in the eyes of the people doing the backbiting. And the suspicion and the backbiting could all be on false premises anyway. The Holy Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said, Beware of suspicion, for verily suspicion is the greatest lie. And do not probe one another, nor spy on one another. So in this tradition, the Holy Prophet ﷺ indicates that many times the suspicions that are aroused inside our minds are in fact our own problem. They are not based on any reality and as such are a big lie within one's mind. And so therefore to probe into that and to violate somebody's privacy in order to confirm that suspicion within our mind is something that is clearly not very ethical. In another tradition, the Holy Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said, I have not been ordered to pry open the hearts of people, nor to cleave their bellies. So again, the Holy Prophet ﷺ explains his method in dealing with people. And that is not to force them into corners and to pry open their private lives or their private feelings and ideas. Rather, the Holy Prophet ﷺ dealt with people according to their outward. In the book Kanzul Ummal, it is narrated that Umar ibn al-Khattab was making his way through Medina at night when he heard a man singing in his home. He jumped over the fence and said, O enemy of Allah, do you think that Allah would conceal you while you disobey him? The man retorted, What about you, O commander of the faithful? Do not hasten to punish me, for if I disobeyed Allah once, you did so three times. He has said, Do not spy, and you did spy on me. He also said, enter the homes from their doors, but you jumped over my fence and without my permission. And Allah the Exalted says, Do not enter homes that are not yours until you are invited in and until you greet their owners. Umar said, Is there any good in you if I decide to pardon you? The man said yes. Then Umar pardoned him and departed. So as you can see from the discussion that ensued between Umar and the man who was singing, 
it is not right to follow up the wrongdoings of a person within their own home and within their privacy and this is the general rule of course there are situations which are exceptions to this rule like for example if somebody is being abused at home or something like that then that is obviously a more serious issue which involves other people but generally speaking in islam if somebody does a wrong action in their privacy then that is between them and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the next subsection talks about the consequences of probing other people's flaws. The Holy Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said, Do not probe for the flaws in believers. For a man that probes the flaws of his brother will have Allah probe his own flaws. And when Allah probes the flaws of a man, he will expose him even if he were inside his own home. So this is the existential consequence, as we spoke about in a couple of podcasts ago about requital, that the consequence for probing into other people's actions is that Allah will probe into that man's actions and expose them as well. The Holy Prophet ﷺ is also reported to have said, Do not ask the woman who fornicates about her partner in the offense. For just like it was easy for her to commit fornication, so it will be easy for her to accuse an innocent Muslim. So here is a specific situation in which we should not try and incriminate an unknown partner in fornication as the testimony of somebody who fornicates is not considered reliable. Imam al-Sadiq is reported to have said, Do not probe into the religiosity of a people lest you remain without a friend. So sometimes when we hold up extremely high standards towards other people and probe and probe until we find out every flaw and mistake that they made, then nobody will be able to live up to that expectation and honestly we ourselves probably can't live up to that expectation either and so not only do you end up without any friends you end up without friends while not being true to yourself either and again of course all of these situations are general and they do have their specifics as well so obviously in the case of marriage it is important to do a level of probing in order to enter a marriage aware of what you're getting into but of course, just generally speaking, there is no need to probe into other people's business in this way. In the Sunan of Abi Dawood, it is narrated from one of the companions that I heard the Messenger of Allah say, If you follow the deficiencies of people, you will corrupt them or be close to corrupting them. The next subsection talks about the permissibility of spying in war. So like I said here, there are definitely situations in which spying is allowed and spying is praiseworthy. And of course, in the situation of war, that would be one of them. Imam al-Ridha is reported to have said, When the Prophet would send an army with a commander that he did not fully trust, he used to send someone who he trusted to report on the commander's conduct. So this is something that is very logical and intelligent, that when you're not sure of the trustworthiness of somebody, especially in the situation of war, then in this situation, spying is something that is alright with the meaning of looking at the other person's action and reporting it back to the leader of the war effort. The last hadith in this section speaks about what must be given the benefit of doubt. Imam al-Sadiq is reported to have said, five things must be judged with the benefit of the doubt. Allegiance, marriage, inheritance, animal slaughtering and testimonies. If the person appears to be trustworthy, his testimony must be accepted without investigating his inner thoughts. Inshallah, in the next episode, we will speak about sitting together in an assembly, Al-Majlis. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi al-tayyibin al-tahirin.